Hey guys, it's Michael. I've taken over the show! That's right, Josh and Paul aren't here right now, so it's just you and me. Or, you know, if you're listening with a friend right now, it's you, me, and your friend. Or, if family's there, hey everybody, I'm family too. Uh, kind of. Um, anyways, uh, I just wanted to say that we appreciate you guys so much just for listening to the show. And, you know what? If you want to share this show with a friend... That'd be awesome, because then your friends can like us, too, and then we can like your friends, and they can join our Discord and be awesome. And if your friends really like the show, then maybe they can head over to MultiplayerSquad.com and support the show, because if you support the show, you get awesome bonus content, like, you know, a couple of extra episodes a week, our little quick takes, which are mostly just mindless banter and ridiculousness, but they're a lot of fun. Oh, shoot, guys, Josh's beard just walked in. I gotta go. Hello, squadmates! Welcome to the Multiplayer Gaming Podcast, where three dads get together to goof around and talk about video games. Please make sure to rate our show five stars, leave us a written review, and check out our Patreon page at MultiplayerSquad.com. As an independent podcast, our show is funded by our listeners, and if you decide to sign up at MultiplayerSquad.com, you will unlock some amazing perks, like two extra episodes every week for only $5 a month. You can also find us on socials everywhere at Multiplayer Pod. Today is a Deep Dive Monday, which means we are going to be spending our entire time breaking down a singular game, which just so happens to be the 2018 masterpiece Red Dead Redemption 2. We're going to talk about the story and the mechanics, we'll read some community reviews about the game, and we will decide where to place it on our overall leaderboard. All right, and also, by the way, we will start off talking about the game broadly, and as the show goes on, at some point, we will give you guys a spoiler alert where we will dive into spoilers regarding the story. All right, I am your host, Paul, and I have a plan. Joining me, (laughs) you just need to keep faith. It's Josh. I'm glad you didn't call me Micah. I, I didn't know. Oh, uh, so I was really no, expecting no. the Micah reference or something. Or the Hosea as the old guy. <laughs> you are old. Your beard is older, though. True story. Yeah. <laughs> I would never call any of my friends Micah. Come on. All he's, right. he's, he's probably the most hated villain of all time. For uh, you know, if you took a poll, I think he might come out on top. I did have one of our listeners in our Discord server the other day convinced that Micah was my favorite character. Oh, <laughs> and I just rolled with it for a really long time until finally I was like, "Come on, man!" Wow, yeah, he, he's the worst, worst human of all time. All right, and then also joining us, we just need one more score before heading west and settling down. It's Michael. Oh man, it's never enough. You you've always got one more thing you can do before you move on. I feel that's true, mm-hmm. and we just there's you just never ready. You never have enough money. You're never ready enough. But whatever, I'm ready for this show. So let's move on. No more scores. Let's go. <laughs> just need one more score, and we'll finally be ready. All right. So before we jump into all things Red Dead, we do want to announce that we have a new Patreon supporter. I know how much we all love giving brand new shout outs. And so Jflin101, you have joined as a rare supporter. Welcome to the squad. It is good to have you, Jflin101. 
Yes, yep. Jay Flynn 101. I Jay Flynn 101, him. you're my new hero. You're 101 in my heart, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And also, I wanted to give a shout out to Digital Devil, who has been supporting us for a full year. Hey, so, happy anniversary. <laughs> that's awesome. Full year and a great name. Love it. Yep. And uh, also a big thank you to legendary supporter Red Letter and epic supporters Yoda and Michael the Butler. <laughs> God bless those men. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, uh, we do need to say that the reason that we decided to play Red Dead Redemption 2 for this deep dive, as much as I love this game, I'm not the one who picked it. Do you guys want to tell the people why we're covering Red Dead? We are covering Red Dead Redemption 2 because a fine gentleman by the name of Nevo uh, became a legendary supporter. He's been around for a long time. Fun fact, mm-hmm. I actually remember playing Warzone with Nevo and having him absolutely carry, <laughs> carry me <laughs> to like, he, that dude had like 21 kills in the game of Warzone that we played. I had like one and he res me about seven different times. Uh, <laughs> but yes, he's, he is legit a very good, uh, first person shooter player. But yeah, mad shout out to Nevo. He uh, he became legendary. He said, hey, uh, I'm going to pick Red Dead Redemption 2 for you guys to play, which we all rejoiced for <laughs> yes. about. We were like, sure. <laughs> yeah, we'll play that. Uh, but yeah, and then and thus here we are. Hey, Nevo, if you're yeah. listening, um, does your back hurt? Because you're carrying everybody and you're carrying the show right now. Hats off to you. This show's about you. And also Red Dead Redemption 2. Holy cow, that rhymed. Oh, Two points for me. <laughs> you know, it's it's funny. It's 2022, but it's like we're living in 2018. We're just pulling out the greatest hits from the same year. We recently covered God of War. We're doing Red Dead Redemption 2. I'm perfectly fine with it. I feel like we're Heck cherry yeah. picking some of these great games, and uh, I'm really excited to talk about it. Uh, but before we hop into that, Josh, I think you've got a couple of reviews people have left the show. Got a couple more. We are, as of this recording, we are five five reviews away from hitting 300 i literally check them every single morning as i'm drinking my coffee and (laughs) i get so excited anytime i see that number creep up so if you have not left us a review yet please take the time to do so if you don't use apple Podcasts, you can rate us five stars on spotify uh, you have a parent or a friend or somebody that has an iPhone. You can eat the, uh, hey, the podcast app is built into the iPhone. So just yeah. pull it up, search for our podcast, leave us a review. Good chance that we're going to leave it on the show. It is an immense help. So telling people about the show, supporting the show and reviewing the show are honestly three ways that everybody that's listening can really help out. It means a lot to us. And I've got two good ones. And uh, so here we go. This first one comes in from DWS501. And it's titled, Where a Podcast Review of Rust Led Me. I found this pod after searching for a review of Rust. Oh man, did I find so much more. I'll agree with everyone else by saying the banter and differing preferences help make this show. I listen pretty much daily and I have made a deep dive of my own into all the episodes. I highly recommend this to everyone. I'd simply recommend it slightly less to you pancake people. Oh, <laughs> oh signed swag. <laughs> I wonder if he ran into the original Rust episode or if it was the re-Rust. I don't know. Because we have done it twice. They're both great. Let's you know, it's funny. Both good. <laughs> having not listened to any of the Rust episodes, or having not been a part of the show during the Rust episodes, but having listened to both of them, I'm surprised at how many times people bring up those Rust episodes. They really were a staple back in the day. 
It's a phenomenal game and people that like Rust really like Rust and they want more. And fun fact, we actually did record a third Rust episode. It was one of our test runs before we released any episodes. So we we actually have in our archive... We've got a wow. couple of practice run episodes, <laughs> and Rust was one of them. So technically, we've recorded three episodes. Maybe at some point we should uh, release that old content. So oh, people think. Nope. Yeah. nope, nope, <laughs> look forward to those around Christmas 2022 when they when we take a couple weeks off and we just play old episodes. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be oldies but goodies, and also the lost episodes. Maybe who knows? And oh. it'll sound really bad. No. <laughs> it's nice. really bad audio Real quality. Bad. Real bad. <laughs> All right. And then this next review comes in from Dragon Engineer Gaming. It's titled, I Love This Show. It has you feel like a part of a small community, and it just feels... It just feels like your dad is talking to you. <laughs> and it's Thanks? such a small review, <laughs> but we're all dads. And then yeah. to have somebody like I, dude, I just, I started smiling and I was like, that's a huge compliment, man. All right. Listen. So if you're listening to the show after 8 p.m., it's time for bed, son. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. You don't have time to play any more Elden Ring yeah. and get to bed. Right. Oh, but. Uh, well, thank you, Dragon Engineer Gaming. What, yes. what what a nice review. All right. Are we ready, guys? Oh, boy, am I ready. Oh. <laughs> All right. Oh, giddy let's up, saddle up. Uh, giddy up. Let's saddle up and deep dive Red Dead Redemption 2. All right. The description of Red Dead, according to Steam, is this. Winner of over 175 Game of the Year awards and recipient of over 250 perfect scores, Red Dead Redemption 2 is an epic tale of outlaw Arthur Morgan and the infamous Vanderlind gang on the run across America at the dawn of the modern age. All right, now I think what Red Dead really comes down to, let's be real, it's a cowboy simulator, right? And you get to play as one of the most fascinating protagonists ever in Arthur Morgan. Do you guys think that's fair? Would you really just call this a cowboy simulator? I I like to think it's a Wild West simulator. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, is there a difference? I, think, I don't know, man. Yeah, I like, don't know. Simulators typically uh, sound like a boring thing. This game is far from boring. Um, and uh, I mean, cowboying is far from boring, anyways. But yeah, I'd say, I'd say it's relatively accurate, just minus the uh, connotation of being boring. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's an action simulator. How about that? Yeah, does that, there we go. Does that fit better for the you, Michael? Six shooter. Heck yeah. <laughs> All right. So before we jump in, I thought that I would look up a couple of facts about Red Dead's development and also sales. I think this will give you a little bit of context of what we're working with here. First of all, 2,000 people worked on Red Dead 2. I mean, we are talking about an enormous workforce and over 2,000 people worked on it over a period of eight years. Wow. They immediately started on Red Dead 2 after Red Dead 1, and it ended up taking eight years in development to release. And it is also, by no coincidence, also one of the most expensive games of all time. They estimate that the game took $170 million to develop, and the marketing was somewhere between 370 to $540 million. Wow. So we are talking about roughly 700 to $800 million in Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, that's like a blockbuster movie saga. Not just one movie, yeah. but like a saga. That's insane. That's like like three Avengers movies yeah, put right? together, right? 
Yeah. A uh, uh, hundred and ten musicians worked on composing the music for Red Dead Two. And Red Dead 2 has the largest opening weekend in the history of all entertainment. It made $725 million in the first three days of sales. Well, they made that money back, didn't they? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> they, they made it back. There, there are several articles that mention how fast Red Dead made all their money back, which was less than a week. So pretty remarkable. Fun and fact. It, oh, I'm, I'm uh, going to interrupt because fun fact, Red uh, Dead 2 is the last game that I went to stand in line at a GameStop at, for a midnight release. I was going to say exactly the wow. same thing. It is the last physical copy of a game that I picked up for PS4. Yeah. Everything ever since has just been digital it's download been digital, or ordering online. Boy, yeah. I was in that really long line at like 11. I think I got there super early too. I got there at like 11 o'clock. Because I wanted to make sure I got a copy. And yeah. it was a quite a long line. And everybody was so hyped. I was so excited. And then I got home because it was a work night. Or I had to do something early the next day. And that's when it started to do the installing for two and a half hours. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> yep. Just when yep. I'm going to bed, man. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought the collector's edition. I have the whole box. And the collector's edition, I'm not sure if you saw it. Mine, I played very differently from, uh, from Paul and Josh. I played it on the PlayStation 4. And it was an awesome box set that when you open it up, it's actually like a, a bank uh, safe or a stagecoach, uh, you oh, know, like a hard cool. box with a lock on it. Yeah. And it came with the, um, the, the cards in it and a map and all kinds of cool stuff. And it's one of the last ones that I got because it's so easy to buy digital now or just, you know, slap the disc in and load it. But yeah, that loading time was insane. But it was so cool to have that. I still have it. It's right behind me in my office. I, I love that box. Oh, that's so cool. It's so funny to think about going at midnight to pick up a physical copy. That feels like a lifetime ago, yeah. but it's really only been four years. It's not been that long. <laughs> <laughs> it's not been that long. All right. And then the last fact that I have here is that Red Dead 2 has sold over 43 million units. I would guess it's actually quite a bit more because that stat was fairly old. And at the time, it was the 10th highest selling game of all time, placing it only behind Minecraft, GTA 5, Tetris, Wii Sports, PUBG, Super Mario Bros. on NES, Mario Kart 8, Pokemon Red, Green, Blue, Yellow, and the Wii Fit. Wow. So it's very hard to overstate just how popular this game was. Everybody I knew at the time had a PS4, and everybody was playing Red Dead. Uh, we also dove into Red Dead Online a little bit. We're not really going to talk about Red Dead Online at all today. We are only going to be talking about the single-player content. But, you know, what What a ubiquitous game. Everybody played it. And I think at this point now, Josh and I have played through it multiple times. I know for me, this was number four. And I think for Josh, it was number two. Two, yep. And Michael, you just continued on your old save that you had from before and, like, jumped back into it, right? Correct, yeah. That being said, typically in open-world games, my first save is still, like, four or 500 hours because I'm a completionist. <laughs> I do all the content as I go. It's something I've always talked about on the show so far, and um, I just... it's. It, it, well, real fast, it's funny that you mentioned that, though, because it was such a big game. Like, I was listening to sports podcasts and watching ESPN... And they were talking about Red Dead Redemption 2, so it goes to yeah. say how big of a deal this game was. There's very few tentpole games like this, but I feel like Red Dead, GTA, 
when the next Witcher game comes out. These are the ones that everybody is playing and everyone that you talk to, it's all anyone wants to talk about. And it's always tough if you finish first. Like I remember finishing Red Dead and I wanted to talk about it so bad, but I finished it first in our friend group and I had to like slowly wait until I would get that text. Dude, I just finished it. And then you would be like, call me. It's like, finally, (laughs) let's talk about it. (laughs) Yes. Well, come over. Let's talk about it. You're trying not to even spoil the spoiler. Like you want to be like, what part are you at? Hey, has Arthur done this yet? And you're like, I can't say that. Like, oh man, it's so frustrating. I get you. <laughs> so, you know, w- with Red Dead 2, I think that this game has just so much to offer. There's so much to talk about. When you guys hear the name Red Dead 2, you know, what are some things that immediately come to mind? Like, what what, do, what are you guys thinking of? I'm a cowboy, baby. <laughs> you start singing some kid rock. <laughs> See, I just mashed that up just now. Yes, that was great. No, I, I mean, honestly, that's the, it, it is, it, 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 it's the best cowboy wild west game that i can possibly imagine every time i play red dead redemption 2 i get this huge urge to want to just go camping like to find nature and wilderness and just sleep outside like how many times in the game do you just sleep under the stars and every single time i just go like that looks so nice. I want to do that. <laughs> and then I know it's terrible. You're getting bitten by bugs. There's rattlesnakes. Like, I don't actually <laughs> want to do that. But the game makes it look so incredible that I just, like, I long for that, man. Like, the world is that immersive that I actually want to be in that world. No, 100% correct on the immersiveness. Like, the immersion on this game is so incredible that you can you can load it up, like, when you play on a TV or a monitor, Um it almost looks real. It feels real. I, I remember, you know, when I think of it and when I think of immersion, especially like the lighting, the way that the, the landscape feels sprawling landscapes all over the place. I also think of my mom, which is strange because she came over one time and I was playing the game and she was like, hey, keep playing the game. I'm like, no, I can hop off the game. We'll hang out for a minute. And she's like, no, I want you to keep playing the game. It's exciting. She's a Western fan. And it was, it was like a movie to her. And that's, that's a big testament to the development of this game. Did you lasso someone and feed them to an alligator for your mom? <laughs> no, but I think I hunted a bear. So <laughs> hunted a bear, you know? Yeah, I, I think I definitely think about the immersion. I think that this game has been programmed so incredibly well in the little details that it just feels authentic and real. And I think about the fact that there's just so much to do. I mean, on top of the story that you get to play, there's bounty hunting, fishing. There are puzzles in the open world that you can find. The random encounters are super fun where you'll like walk into a bar and two guys start fighting over a woman and they'll get into a fist fight. And then you can choose like whether or not you're going to step in. I mean, even just watching things in the open world is super fun. There's also dueling. You can play poker. You can hunt legendary animals. I mean, there's just so much you can do in this game. I'll have, I'll have to say this. The other thing besides the world and the immersion that comes to mind when I like initial thoughts is the characters. Like yeah. if I could oh, yeah. literally be walking, I, I could be in a public place and literally just go, I've got a plan. And I like <laughs> there, there would be 50 people around me that would instantly know what that reference was to. 
you, you know, grabbing yeah. Brussels sprouts at the grocery store, and you're just yeah. looking at your phone, looking at the list, like, I've got a plan. And Dude, I'm telling you, there would be somebody that would start chuckling and know that, you know, oh, and yeah. just, just trust me, Arthur. It, it, it's like, the, so the characters in this game are absolutely memorable. The dialogue that they have is, uh, honestly, it's it's... At this point, it's pretty iconic because I think that there are people that aren't necessarily avid gamers that would absolutely understand what you're talking about. Oh man! And on the dialogue, isn't the voice acting just up, just over the top, incredible? Like it's it, it might be the feel, best. Yeah, you can feel the characters. You know, there, just the voices. There is the guy that voiced Arthur started doing a lot of funny videos where he started playing mods and other games, but he would use the <laughs> Arthur voice. That's and, right. and it is absolutely yeah. hilarious, man, because it is not like the it's not Arthur Morgan's character, but it's Arthur Morgan's voice in other hilarious situations and it's really funny yeah i think i mentioned this on an earlier show um that actually at comic-con in emerald city last year i actually or i think it was dallas but regardless um i actually met the actor that plays arthur morgan right next to the actor that plays john marston and i was just enthralled by just listening and talk to fans i think one of them at one point was talking about his apple watch and i was just like (laughs) just please just keep talking about your apple watch i want to hear your voice (laughs) <laughs> yeah, the characters are also just so memorable, and they're all so distinct. Like, in this game, in Dutch's crew, you're running with a team of, I don't know, like, 14 people. It's a good And crew. right now, I could probably name 11 or 12 of them, and yeah. I feel like there's a lot of games you can't really do that. But they all have distinct personalities, excellent voice acting, highly memorable characters. So, despite being called Red Dead Redemption 2... It is actually the third Red Dead game. Uh, for some reason, this keeps popping up when we do these deep dives. We have game series that don't seem to know how to name their games. So Red Dead Redemption 2 is the third entry. Did either of you guys ever play Red Dead Redemption 1 or Red Dead Revolver? Nope. I did no? play. You, Michael? I played the first one. I played almost all the way through. So... um you know, which was the tale of John Marsden. I never played Red Dead Revolver, and I always wanted to go back to it. Um, I didn't play it, unfortunately. <laughs> but Red Dead Redemption 1 was like the first time that I really got into a Western game and took it seriously mm. as an open world, and it was just fantastic. But um, it makes me want to go back to Red Dead Revolver. But that game is is pretty it's old, though, old, isn't it? Yeah. Probably like 2004 or something. I played it on the OG Xbox so it's it's very old. It, one of the things that's kind of funny is that in Red Dead Revolver, you do not play as John, but the main guy, his name is Red, he still has the same facial scars that they ended up keeping for John. So it's funny that you see like some seeds of like things that they end up bringing back in Red Dead Redemption. Um, okay, so one of the interesting things about Red Dead 2 is that it is actually a prequel to Red Dead Redemption 1. And usually that's a very hard thing to do, whether it's movies or games, because if you have played Red Dead 1, you know certain characters are there and certain characters aren't, and you find out a lot of information. So there's already some built-in spoilers, if you will, when you play Red Dead 2. But I would argue that it does not spoil the story whatsoever. So if there's anyone out there who has not played Red Dead 1, and if you don't want to know anything about it... Then you can go ahead and skip ahead like 90 seconds. But the story in Red Dead 1 that's really fascinating is that John Marston is the main character. And the FBI kidnaps your wife and your son 
and they tell you, you have to go hunt down your old gang. You got to go hunt down Bill Williamson, Javier Escuela, and Dutch Vanderland, the old gang leader. And over the course of the game, you do end up killing or capturing those people. And then the FBI ends up giving you your family back. But it's a very short-lived victory because they go back on that promise and attack your camp. And John ends up dying while he's creating a distraction so his wife and his son Jack can escape. And so John ends up dying. And, you know, Arthur Morgan's not in Red Dead 1. So you know either he's going to die or he's going to move on in life or he's going to go somewhere else and leave this life behind. But it's really interesting because it sets the stage where in Red Dead 1, the gang has already broken up. And so they say, we want you to get your old gang members. And now we are rewinding several years where we get to see the gang, not not at their high point. I would not say that. I would say it's the beginning of the end. <laughs> yeah. So we get to see how they really did operate as a family. And the game actually has a rather somber tone to it because we know by nature, this is a gang that is going to fall apart. There's going to be broken relationships. There's going to be betrayal and backstabbing because we know things go bad because of what we already know in Red Dead 1. And I was kind of curious, did you guys know any of that history or you just went into Red Dead 2 for or at least for you Josh, did you go into it just kind of blind? No, I knew I'd never actually played Red Dead 1, but a lot of my friends did and so I was very I, this was one of those games where I don't know why I missed it, but uh, you know, a lot of my friends were playing it and they were kind of telling me what was going on and and they were summarizing things. So I, and then I think before Red Dead 2 I did the whole like let me watch like a you know a review to catch up on the plot and all that stuff. So I knew very very much going into Red Dead 2 what the you know the timeline was and the characters and stuff like that. I love that they did it like this to be honest because it's like you said the game has this undertone to where because you know ultimately where everything is going to end up mm-hmm. it's not a spoiler but what it does is it sets you like not on edge, but it gives you this like heightened sense of awareness. So it's like everything that you encounter, every little disagreement, every little nuance you're paying attention to because you know where the story goes. And I, to me, it really helped to heighten that sense of like, Ooh, Ooh, like, did you hear that? I just got no argument with Dutch. Like, I wonder if this is like the beginning (laughs) of the end, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, or I got, thrown in the county jail is this going to be you know does this have ramifications for that story later on kind of thing so i actually like that i had some knowledge of where things were going before actually playing the game because i feel like it just helped to enhance the story and the interactions with the characters and how much you're actually paying attention like this is not a game where you're hitting skip 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 no you know like a lot of games you do that but in red dead you don't want to yeah the story is so compelling and since you do know in general where it's going it, it allows you to just kind of lay back and focus on little interactions like the fact that you know bill williamson is literally going to have john shot the first three minutes in red dead one and so anytime you see them interact, it's it's really interesting because, you know, these two are going to hate each other so much that, you know, he's going to try to have John murdered. And you kind of like read into the conversations they have before these relationships get broken. And in some ways, it's almost like watching The Empire Strikes Back. 
for Star Wars. It's a little bit little bit darker, and it, it kind of goes into some of the darker side of, of cowboy gangs, if you will. Yeah, so it, it's funny because for me, having played Red Dead 1 a couple of years, a second time, kind of starting it out and picking it up before I played Red Dead 2, I didn't realize John Marston was going to be in this game. Oh yeah, and I didn't yeah. realize that Bill Williamson and Dutch Vanderlyn were who they were from Red Dead One, and so for me, a couple hours into Red Dead Two, like when you start going like very early on, and all of a sudden they bring up John, you don't know it's John Marsden yet. I don't think it's just John. John's over here doing something with the wolves or whatever it is, <laughs> and then you go get him, and you're like, oh, oh, like. I think I think it was yeah 2018. There was a small earthquake um, in Phoenix, Arizona. That was my jaw hitting the floor actually um, because I was so I was so shocked by it. I was like, oh my, oh my goodness, John Marsden, and it's mm-hmm. and that's when it really started to go, and that captured me instantly. And then realizing, hold on, I've got Bill Williamson here, I've got Dutch Vanderlyn, and it, it really tied it together. And and like you said, I, I think I think for me, it's not even so much Empire Strikes Back; it's more of Revenge of the Sith. Like you know, some things are going to happen. There's going to be Anakin versus Obi Wan. There's going to be Arthur, wherever he goes, and John Marston, and whatever happens with Dutch Vanderlyn and Bill Williamson and these guys. Like this is going to get real. And I think it's going to be sad. And oh man, was it fulfilling. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting because even though you play as Arthur, it's almost like the whole point of the game is to teach you what happens to John and how did we end up getting the John Marston at the beginning of Red Dead 1. So the story is more about John, even though you play as Arthur. And I think that really just adds like a level of depth you don't normally get in gaming. All right, now let's talk a little bit about the very beginning of Red Dead 2. I think that for most people, this is what they would say is the weakest part of the game. In the beginning of Red Dead 2, you are still getting credits rolling. It serves as the tutorial. You are traveling with your gang, fighting through a blizzard in the mountains. And you're not entirely sure what's going on. But as the people keep talking, you're kind of piecing together the context and what's going on. In this way, it's ironically kind of similar to the beginning of God of War, where they drop you in the middle of this funeral and they just start talking about details. And Red Dead 2 does the same thing. They are talking about how this deal went bad in Blackwater. We did not see it. We did not help plan it. We don't know what happened. We hear things like Dutch saying, I cannot let Colm O'Driscoll live for what he did to Annabelle. And it's like, well, I don't know what he did to Annabelle. Did he kill her? Did he, you know, kidnap her? Like, what happened? They are mentioning people in the gang that are missing or got shot. We have no clue who they are. And, it, it you know, Hosea, at one point, even says things to Arthur like, look, you and I had a really good lead. But Dutch didn't listen to us, and he went ahead with the fairy job. And maybe Dutch is starting to lose it because he's not listening to us. And so it's really cool that you get dropped in the middle. It's a little confusing, but they don't waste time with all these little details. They just drop you right in the middle of the story, and immediately you're just kind of like progressing the story from the get-go. I loved it. I I, I like, to me, a good Western does that. And I think that having the opening credits roll in the middle of this mystery and this this allure of what's happening, what are these characters, where are they going, who are they, you know, 
I think it really captured the Western. And I know it's kind of a downer for some people to have the credits rolling in the slower part and and still this this intro of the question marks. But to me, that was truly a Western. And that's what I think. I think I liked that almost the most about the game opening up. Ooh, this is going to be my first dissenting opinion here because oh. I found the beginning of the game to be really, really slow. Now, I'll say this. I take developers that are listening to the show take a page out of the book of god of war and red dead redemption 2 because gamers are smart you don't have to you don't have to spell everything out for us i <laughs> love the give me a glimpse into something that's already occurring and then give me like pieces of that story as it goes along paul you mentioned god of war did that very very well in the beginning you're just thrown into this funeral and you you instantly feel for these people, you know. Um, Red Dead Redemption Two is doing the exact same thing, where it's like, why why are we in the mountains and it's snowy and something bad happened, man? Like something really went down and people are not happy. And you start to piece it together through dialogue, which allows you to understand characters and stuff like that, and all the nuance and everything. I really love that style of storytelling. So. I think Red Dead absolutely mastered that by starting the game that way. The credits in the beginning don't bother me a bit because it's like, hey, this is the beginning of the game. The problem for me is that it's the slowest beginning of a game almost ever. Like even like you can't sprint like you can't sprint in like the beginning right. of the game. You're just shuffling slowly through snow and you're trotting on your horse. And it's like, you know, this is my second time playing it. So I know that I get to run and gallop later on in the game, but you can't really do that in the beginning. And it's like, I get it. And it does serve a purpose so that when you do get out of the mountains and into the actual game itself and out of this kind of prologue almost that it feels even better, but it's just. To me, it's such a slog to get through that intro when you know what's coming. If you don't know what's coming, the first time you do it, it's great. But it's just like maybe it's only something that you suffer through on like an additional playthrough. But I felt (laughs) like the beginning was very, very slow in its pacing. Yeah, see, to me, though, I feel like that is almost a Western movie at its core. Like, I think of a lot of movies that Westerns are all about Act 3 or Act 5, if it's a five act. It's all about getting to the payoff and the reveal. You know, I think of like Kevin Costner in Open Range. It's a slow roll to start out. And I and that's what I really think I appreciate as a big Western movie fan. Aside from like Tombstone, which might be the best Hollywood Western of all time, which starts out with a bang and goes off real quick. That's but, an action movie. That's yeah, not really a Western movie. Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But but I feel like a lot of those Western films, like it's there's still enough of a question mark there, and I think it gets up pretty quick. But I, I don't know, I still I, I think I kind of disagree with Joshua a little bit on this one, only because of the fact that I, I think it kind of got me a little bit as a Western, like, hey, we're gonna get somewhere. We're going to take our time starting out, and it's not really, I know, a staple for a video game to do that, but I don't know. I think it married film westerns and video game fun, to me, reasonably well. Yeah, I think on top of that, Michael, and I would agree with you there, I would also say that when you start Red Dead 2, you feel confused, and you don't know what's going on. You kind of expect as a Rockstar game, it's going to start out with action. And instead, they literally hit you with the exact opposite in the middle of this huge blizzard. And I feel like it kind of puts you in the same mindset as the gang. Like, there's confusion. This is not how I thought this was going to start out. 
This is very different. You know, the gang, they don't want to be up in the mountains. Like, you don't start a cowboy game assuming you're going to be in a blizzard uh, hunting deer right. with a bow and arrow. But they intentionally subvert all of that. I, I think it's it's rather fun. But there's no denying there's not a lot of action. And so if you jump into this wanting action right off the bat, you're certainly not going to get it. it. It has a little bit of that slow build like you generally get in a lot of those Western movies. By the way, mentioning open range, Michael, I don't think I've had a conversation about open range in the last like 12 years, but that's a really underrated Western. Big I love time. that movie. Annette Bening, Kevin Costner. It's fantastic. Oh yeah, absolutely. And also <laughs> uh, to my first point on the slow roll at the beginning, it's also just really fun to disagree with Josh. <laughs> that is, uh, you you I mean, two have been in true. cahoots lately, so it, it hasn't happened much. <laughs> no, no, but it, it's funny because the first reviewer, uh, the first reviewer that we read today was like the different perspectives, and so I just really wanted to, I really wanted to explain that I, I love the part that Josh didn't like because I think it's so much fun to me to to look at that as a film, you know. And, mm. I don't know, it's except yeah, I, I want to play a video game, <laughs> right? I would want to <laughs> and play yeah. a video game. I got both. <laughs> so l- let's talk a little bit about the character Arthur Morgan. Now, Arthur goes on a very long moral, even spiritual journey in this game. The Arthur you start out as is very different than the Arthur at the end. But when you played through Red Dead, especially the first time, or as you kind of like think back on Arthur, uh, how would you describe him to someone or what are some traits of arthur that stand out we're not in spoiler territory yet are we not yet no just in general <laughs> okay. terms yeah go ahead josh because i got one thing on mine and i can't stop laughing about it, so i love arthur i really do man he's he's a little grouchy sometimes he's a little oh, he's very grouchy you know oh, he's yeah. he's he's <laughs> rough he doesn't take poo from no one you nope. know, as far as that goes, he's not scared of anybody. He, but at the same time, he's like your classic Western gentleman. He'll say "ma'am" to people and "pardon me" and stuff like that. So it's like he, hey, he knows, yeah, oh, he knows how that. to behave <laughs> unless you rub him the wrong way, and then he'll even warn you and he'll be like, "Hey, you don't, you know, you don't want to mess with me, or I'm not scared of you, or you know, you'll you'll kind of put out this veiled threat or something like that." I love him. I think he's one of the best video game characters ever made, in my opinion. Like I, I have nothing but amazing things to say about Arthur Morgan. I can't. I cannot agree with you more. Um, I love that Arthur knows his place in the world. You know, like he's he's an outlaw. You know, it, it's true, but he's got a good heart, and I, I love that. That you know, when if you accidentally run into somebody, you know, in Sandini or something like that, and he's like, "Sorry, ma'am," you know, and he's like, he's like, he's a polite gentleman. That being said, he's still a Western <laughs> outlaw, and he's still got a yeah. job to do, and he's got another score to settle, and he's got another score to go get, and he's got all those things going on. But it's it's so much fun to play such a robust character that anytime you talk to someone, you know, with the decisions you make, it's still like I feel like Arthur is he's so there's so much going on beneath just an outlaw and also just beneath just a western cowboy you know and like i said he, he knows his place in the world and he's respectful but he's kind of not a bad guy but not a good guy yeah he's he's certainly not all good or all bad he's very complicated and just how cool is arthur he is like the coolest cowboy you could ever come up with he's a little funny but he's very grouchy but he's very pragmatic he's cold and violent but he's very kind 
to people in need. It's almost like he has his own set of ethics. You know, if you're in the game, you're fair game to be shot or robbed. But if you're right. a civilian, he treats you very well. And I find him to be so utterly fascinating. I th- I think he's my all-time favorite main protagonist in a game. I love playing as Arthur. Dude, it's even the little things. And this is another thing that Red Dead does so incredibly well is as you're playing Arthur Morgan, you are like you understand the struggles that he's going through. You get these little glimpses. Like I love when you start a new chapter or something and he has his journal out. And you get to kind yeah. of flip through his journal and see yes. like this guy's actually like keeping track of things and he's writing down like kind of his deeper thoughts. And, you know, there's there's a, a scene where, you know, you you're you're at the lake, you know, just gazing out over the water and, and you can you kind of see that like he's contemplative about the the way the world's going. And he talks to his gangmates a lot about like, hey, the world is changing. Maybe we don't belong anymore in the world that we were in and stuff like that. So you do get like, this is not a dumb man by any means. And I love that the game gives you those glimpses, not only into his character, but into his actual like psyche as well. And the game does a phenomenal job of developing that as it goes along so that you you get this crazy bond with him, man. Like yeah. I don't know that there's another game character like that I have cared about as much as Arthur Morgan. No, and to your point exactly. Um when it comes to like how cuz you have a lot of ability to be dynamic with the character. You can change how he looks, his hair length, his beard, what he wears. And Rockstar games they do this a lot where you can kind of pick what you want to do and how you want the character to look. I felt like this was one of the first times, and this is going to sound ridiculous, but hear me out. I feel like this is one of the first times that with the character, the way that I, I trimmed his beard and did his hair and dressed him, I felt like I was more feeling like, what would Arthur Morgan want? You know, what? How would Arthur want to look and, 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 and dress? Whereas normally it's just like in Grand Theft Auto, it's like, there's some sick pants, I'll put them on, there's a cool baseball cap, I'll do that. You know, but in this one, I feel like it's more about like, how he wants to how would arthur morgan look and it's funny that i bring this up and chuckle to myself because of how often he goes back for his hat in the game you yeah, know like yeah. you're in a it's always getting you're shot in a brawl. Off. yeah and like my hat i need my hat and i think right off early early on in the game one of the first things that you have as an accomplishment after a bar fight is to go get your hat back it's like pick up your hat um but i think it's funny and actually here's a question for you guys real fast because I, I don't know if we're going to get to this or not um but did your arthur have like the most awesome beard ever or did you have a clean shaven arthur and i kept it very short do you think i would have a clean shaven guy as (laughs) as my main character good point did you leave it full max length no 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 no. you gotta you gotta manscape i'd keep it at a two i would go two i think it's at a seven i would always go two out of seven yeah i found myself going to the barber way too often because i was like oh no it's getting a little bit too long and you know yeah it looks like a mullet yeah and i'm like let's let's (laughs) trim up a little bit put the pomade in the hair or whatever it is the dapper dan yeah the um yeah the pomade again (laughs) yeah i i i know your reference with uh oh brother where art thou there you go the the pomade is so important to me i don't know why i'm kind of with you michael i felt like there's no way Arthur is going to look this bad. I mean, this game does allow you to run around unbathed, covered in mud. People <laughs> will comment. Storekeepers will actually say, get out. I'm not serving you. Go take oh, yeah. a bath and come back. But my Arthur, I always kept very well-kempt, and the pomade was a must. I always bought like three pomades every time I visited the store. <laughs> Got to yeah. have that slicked back hair. Arthur's very cosmopolitan. 
<laughs> yes. All right. So let's talk a little bit about the combat. All right, so in Red Dead, like any cowboy game that you would expect, you've got firearms like pistols, revolvers, rifles, repeaters, and shotguns. You also have a bow and arrow that you can use for silent combat. You can fight with your bare fists. You can use knives, daggers, and machetes for melee. You can throw cleavers, hatchets, dynamite, and tomahawks. And maybe my personal favorite, you can capture people with a lasso and hog tie them. Heck yeah. And rob them and then untie them or keep them tied and throw them on those train tracks until they get run over by a train. Feed them to an alligator. The lasso is by far the best thing in this game. It dude the the fun of the lasso <laughs> is you have to play this game to understand what that adds to the gameplay. It's <laughs> like there, you can lasso anybody in this game. Like you, you get to go lasso wild horses and try to tame them and stuff like that. But man, somebody mouths off to you because this world it this world is living. It is one of the better living worlds that exists in a video game. And as you were trotting down these trails, you know, across the countryside, you will come across people and some of them are not all nice. And so you'll get a guy no. that maybe says something snarky as you're riding past. <laughs> and I'm like, whoa, Nelly. turn around, lasso that guy off his horse, carry him to train tracks, throw him off a cliff, whatever, you know, but it's like, dude, you can't say that to me and get away with it. But yeah, the lasso is great. The combat, the combat adds a, a really neat layer to this game. Um, this is not your super action-y combat. Like they they do no. a very good job of keeping this kind of old western, right? Like, yes, maybe you're gonna get into a shootout at a little town and there's gonna be guys up on the little balcony or guys hiding behind, you know, water troughs or something like that. This is not an action game. It's not meant to be an action game. This is meant to maintain the old Western, wild West feel. You know, yes, you can rob things and that involves shooting people, you know, and stuff like that. The combat for me is not the focus of Red Dead. And I don't think they mean it to be the focus. And that's okay, you know, at that point. Like the combat is not a slight against Red Dead, in my opinion, although there are a lot of people out there that if they are going to criticize it, they say, well, you know, it's more of like a story and it's more of a a simulation of like the Wild West, but there's not enough action in this game for me. And it's kind of like, it's not supposed to be. Right. I feel like the combat is is very strategic when it comes to, you know, duck and cover a lot. It's it's a lot. It makes sense. You know, it's not just go in guns blazing, pun intended. You know, you're not going in there just like boom, 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 boom. You've got to make sure that you're careful about certain things. Oftentimes, you have to pick the right firearm. Um, the lasso thing, I, I didn't attach myself to that nearly as much because, I don't know, in the end, the combat is still kind of a shooter thing, and I found it kind of hard to use. And so, you know, I ended up a lot more, you know, uh, gravitating towards Deadeye and that piece, which is really funny that you've got a video game where you're in the middle of a combat and you're like, hold on, I'm going to stop and smoke two cigarettes real fast and take the <laughs> shot of alcohol so I can get my Deadeye up. Um, but I agree with Josh in so many ways. Uh, it, it's It's not so much like full-on action that being said there's plenty of action to me but it's a lot more strategic and slow paced in certain ways i think the only gripe that i had about the combat really was i did not ever after i think 400 hours in this game 
ever successfully get a quick draw done at the first try. I was terrible at it. I couldn't oh, really? stand it. It was, I just, I'm like, <laughs> you got to press it the right time. And I'm like, can I just dead eye these guys and shoot them? Or can I just open range shoot them? But like, I got four guys. I got to go, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's meant to take a long time, guys. Add 30 more <laughs> seconds to that. <laughs> Bam, 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 bam. You know, and I don't know. But luckily, it only required you to do that, I think, twice in the game where you had to use that mechanic. But maybe if they made me use it more, I would have understood it better. But I feel like it was like 200 hours in between. And um, I just didn't like that part as much. Overall, though, I, I liked the combat. I love the cowboy simulator piece. I have no problem with it being a little slower paced and more strategic um, and more hiding and stuff. Um, you know, maybe in that case, it actually does kind of um, uh, have draw some similarities and some parallels to Elden Ring where you've got to be smarter about some things. Not nearly as complicated, obviously, but I, I was enthralled by it. I loved every bit of it. Yeah, the, the the combat is perfectly fine. It's exactly the same as what you get in GTA. If you play it on console, I think it's a little too easy because of the auto aim. It has enough that you just really strong. The lock on is very strong. You literally just hold left trigger and bump slightly up and you get yeah. headshots <laughs> every time. If you play with mouse and keyboard like I did, I actually think the combat's a little bit more challenging because you don't have the auto aim. By no means is it difficult. And usually if you get in trouble, right. you just stay in cover and you heal yourself up. You're not dying terribly often in this game, but the action does come in big bursts. So you'll play various parts where there's not a lot of action, but now we're going to rob this bank and it's going to end in a massive shootout where we're running on rooftops and we're blowing holes in walls and people are getting shot and uh, all chaos breaks loose and no one really knows what's going on. So you get hit with like action set pieces, but the entire game is certainly not action all the way through. I mean, the first time that you do a heist on a train, you don't even really have to shoot hardly anyone. You can actually right. pull it off almost without a hitch. Um now, the one thing that I think is really fascinating in Red Dead is that they use a character behavior system called Euphoria. And I remember this being kind of a big deal when the game came out, because this is where the little details go a long way for Red Dead. All right, if you shoot a character as they're pulling out their gun, they will fall over, and right before they die, they'll try to shoot you, and they'll fire with their gun in the ground as like a last ditch effort. And I think that's really cool. If you shoot a character in the leg, they'll start really noticeably limping. And then you shoot them in the other leg and they'll fall to their knees and they'll still keep shooting at you. So there's like really cool things that work in that way. Um, I don't know if you guys noticed this. You can actually see exit wounds from the bullets on the corpses. Oh, really? Like, that's I never saw how that. I did. That's how that. detailed. Yeah, yeah. Dude, the realism in Red Dead is un—it's unmatched. It's honestly, insane. like it—it it really is. I think I don't remember what episode we talked about it on, but I, like you know, I noticed in the the very intro that the snow started to accumulate on the deer carcass. Yep. There's the running joke that the you know horses behave differently in the cold or parts of horses behave differently in the cold than it does like you know in other in other climates and stuff like that you know like you said the way that people respond to you if i go galloping through town like 
like just a madman, people will get mad at you because it's like, oh, dude, yeah. you can't you can't do that in the middle of a town. Like you're gonna run they'll, somebody they'll drop over. Things. Yeah, you'll scare them, and they'll drop like they'll they'll be carrying window panes, and they'll drop them if you get too close. Yep, yep. It's I mean, and and there's like honestly, we could talk, we could have an entire show on just the nuance and the realism that they've managed to capture in Red Dead Redemption Two because there are things that you won't you won't see at first, you know, even the wildlife behavior, like, dude, I don't know how, number one, just programming AI in general and, and having this living world where people are actually like carpenters and sawing through boards and building a balcony in the town of Valentine. Like you actually see that happening, but then you go out into the wild and it's like, there's a bear that's mauling a deer. (laughs) You know what I mean? Or wolves chasing wildlife or fish, that if you're too loud, the fish will hear you and scatter away. It's just, it's yeah. absolutely mind blowing. And it's those things that's like, it's very easy to overlook if you're not paying attention. But it just, it's a living world, man. And they do an absolutely incredible job making it feel like everything is actually alive and works in this world. Well, and in Valentine too, like when you're, when you first get there, there's a house that's all, it's only framed up. You know, it's just wood frames. And if you go back and visit Valentine over and over again, as you're kind of doing the things in this game, the house is slowly being built. And you'll find, you know, eventually, I think it's almost completely done. And it's incredible the way that, like, such a subtle thing that doesn't need to happen in a game, but the fact that it's there, you're just like, how much else is there in this game that I'm not noticing just because it's it's so alive? Oh, yeah. So let's let's talk about a little bit more of those types of detail in the world. Cause I jotted a few down that I think are really interesting. First of all, the footprints in the mud and in the snow yes. are absolutely incredible. I, I did say in our God of war deep dive that red dead kind of ruined that mechanic for me because almost any game, if they're walking through deep snow, it just disappears in chunks. Like you'll see a whole like rectangular prism disappear in Red Dead, you actually see like the imprints as the boot goes down into the snow. You see the snow get pushed to the side. Uh, I think that stuff is is really well done. Talking about like the fish in the game, you can fish, and when you catch a fish, Arthur holds it, and you ha- you can like inspect it, and you have to decide whether you're going to keep it or throw it back, and the fish will keep moving. Did you know if you take too long, the fish will die? while you're holding it and you can chuck it back. And now it's just a dead floating fish on the top of the water. I like love the that. fact, the fact that they even built in this timer and how long you decide about the fish is so cool. Um, there's a person that is raising funds for the Quincy Harris Memorial hall, which is a shelter for veterans. And you can donate $20. If you do as Arthur, you can return to the Memorial later. And there is a plaque and your name will appear on the plaque as a donor if you indeed gave to that fund. And if you didn't give, your name's not on the plaque. Like, that is such a small detail that 99.99% of people are never going to notice. I only know that because of posts on Reddit. Because when Red Dead came out, I just wanted to consume as much as I could. And, like, that's the kind of stuff that you get in those little details that is so cool. Like, do you guys have any other examples of little details like that before we move on to the next segment? Not quite that nuanced, but one of the things that I really love is like the camp life 
Like the more oh, that you yeah, do, yeah, yeah. honestly, like your camp is your home base and it's, you feel good being back at camp. Like you go out into the world and you work real hard and you do these crazy adventures and stuff. And then you get to go back to camp and you'll actually see the relationships of like the gang members change over time. Uh, and then as you progress and you donate money to the camp, you'll actually see the camp like get nicer over yeah. the over the course of the game, you know, there there's a few times where you know, yes, you move camp and stuff like that, you know, but but even then like you see the differences. It's it's one of those things where if you get into a fist fight and you get knocked down, you have mud on your clothes. That doesn't just disappear. It'll no, stay it that way until you go walk <laughs> through water or go take a bath. You know, yeah. and it's just like those things are they necessary? Absolutely not. Like the game is the game regardless, but do they heighten Man, they add so many like incalculable things for the immersion that you feel. I think it's one of the things that honestly sets Red Dead apart is, you know, you have this incredible story, but you have this incredible world. And I said it right in the very beginning of the show. There is not a time when I play Red Dead that I don't want to just go be out under the stars, sleeping on a sleeping bag by a campfire because like the game is just so alive in that sense that like... I want, I want that, <laughs> you yeah. know, and it's because of that immersion. It's because the world actually feels that alive that it does that. It, it's a hundred percent on that where everything feels alive. Everything's perfect. And there's so many subtle details that, that just blow your mind in it. And we've covered most of them, even the simple part of, you know, like when you're riding a horse in the snow, you'll start to see, you know, the, the snow getting on it. But the fact that the Hunnam, the, the, the Hunnam, words are hard, guys. Sorry about that one. <laughs> the fact that the animals will hunt each other if you're just staying still oh, yeah. and you'll watch these things um, and just simple things like that that just, that just make it incredible. I love it when you, when you walk into a room, like if you run into the room, it's different than if you walk into the room, you know. Oh, you bust in. Right, slam that door on the other side. Yeah. Oh yeah. The only annoying and part that I get found scared. Is, yeah, they do. Oh, they do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If you accidentally like you walk yeah. in with your gun out on accident, like oh shoot, I got to holster this thing because oh hey, hold on. Um, but then also you can you can interrupt a conversation, and when you walk away, you'll hear the same two characters pick up where they left off in the conversation, and yeah. that's just amazing to me. Um, the only annoying part that I had with with the whole thing of running around was I would I would try to get somewhere point A to point B as fast as I could often and. Sometimes controlling the horse wasn't as easy as I wanted it to be. And I'm like, duh, I just hit a person on accident and that person oh, hates me now. And I'm like, worst, I don't want to run into this person. Oh, it was yeah. awful. But, but dude, I bowling, just... bowling over people or accidentally running straight into a tree yep. where Arthur will fall off the horse. I did that a lot on accident. The, the horse controls are, are not so good. <laughs> it's the only part that was a little rough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, last thing I'll say about the details is when you loot. Arthur is literally grabbing every individual item that he's looting. So you will open a drawer and pull out a can of tobacco and he'll look at it and put it in his satchel. And then he'll open up a cabinet up top and he'll like get on his tippy toes and open it and look. So it's just really incredible. It's not like Resident Evil, where if you loot something, it just says you have picked up the something, something medallion. Like there's no animation for it. And you know, when you shop at a store, if you, I mean, you can go through the catalog, but you can also grab all the individual items off the shelf. And I think that stuff's really immersive. 
All right, that was now one of did... my favorite things mm-hmm. about having the special edition, though, was the actual catalog. You get the actual catalog oh, in the special like full edition. Size? Yeah, it's a full size, and I'm like flipping through it just like Arthur is. It looks exactly the same. And sorry, I know, I know that you just brought that catalog piece up, so I had to mention that. That was, if anybody can find one online anywhere, just go buy it because it's so much fun when you're playing through the game and you're just like, I'm going to look at the catalog so I can save myself some time in game, and it's the exact same thing. Well, you can see pictures of the real-life catalogs, and it looks identical to what Red Dead did. So they actually took the real-life catalogs and copied the style. Now, obviously, you're not going to find, like, Horse Reviver in a (laughs) real-life catalog, but in in the world of Red Dead 2, they they do let you buy that, you know, magical shot for your horse. (laughs) All right, now, we do need to talk a little bit about the open-world nature before we jump into story spoilers. Now, we really praised Elden Ring, which it deserved, for going open world. There was so much to discover. How much did we love finding a little dungeon or using one of your sword keys, whatever they were called, and now you can access this dungeon. And Red Dead 2 really, in my opinion, does the open world stuff absolutely the best. It is not just randomly finding an area to kill bad guys and clear it out. This game will actually hit you with real puzzles. Like, this is a little bit darker, but you will actually find corpses that have been killed by a serial killer in the open world. And if you investigate the head, you can pull out a part of a map out of their mouth. Now, there are multiple bodies that you will run across, and all of them give you a little piece of this map And the killer is writing messages next to the crime scenes. And you'll see things like, look on my works, or behold. And after you put all the pieces of the map together, they point to where the killer lives, and you can go capture him and bring him to the sheriff and get a reward for it. So there's stuff like that in the open world that actually combines exploration with puzzle solving. I think that stuff's really cool. There are caves with statues and you have to change all the orientation and then you can get some gold bars um there's a lot of things like that in the open world the 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 kkk meetings right like do you remember the first time riding at night yes (laughs) and there's a clan meeting and what do you do oh you take them all you gun them all down (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's like no clean them out not in my woods (laughs) yeah you clear them out uh, that that stuff is just so neat. I mean, Michael is a testament to this. You can play this game for hundreds of hours and ignore the story, and you still have plenty of fun that you, that that can be had in the open world. I'll I'll say this about the open world, and one of the things that they do really really well, in my opinion, is they they keep the UI clean and they keep the world clean with yes. so many things to do in this game. And I mean, we're talking literal hundreds of hours worth of stuff that you can do apart from the main quest. But I love the fact that it this game is not always pointing you towards an exclamation quest marker and saying, hey, go here. Now, what they do, and I think it's actually really smart, is they'll just say, hey, here's one of your gang members over in this part of the world. He wants to talk to you. You should go meet him somewhere. And it's just indicated by a little kind of yellow color on the map and it, that, that, that gang member's initials. And it's like, okay, so I need, you know, Javier is over here. I can go east and go talk to him or Hosea is up here in the mountains and wants, you know, I can go do something with him or, Hey, Dutch wants me at the camp. He's got, you know, something to tell me. And you don't know which one is the main quest. 
Like, yeah. honestly, like, that's the beauty of it. It's just like, it's, they do not put you on rails in this game. They literally say, hey, here's options, pick one. And you have zero clue whether it's a main quest, a side quest, a little adventure, uh, you know, a hunting thing. Now, you know, hunting, I guess they actually do kind of specify later on in the game, but I absolutely love the fact that they just give you options of directions in the world to go without saying, hey, giant yellow exclamation mark this person has a quest for you you know and then it's like hey can you go clear out the rats out of my cellar and it's like no there's none of that it's literally interacting with the world interacting with people you know you go talk to them they have things to say there's reasons for these quests they're not just you know dumb random things but on top of that, if you like randomness, then there's these crazy world interactions where you're just riding your horse around and there's a lady that's trapped under her horse. I came across a guy that got bit by a rattlesnake and asked me to suck the poison out. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, I mean, I, <laughs> should I just put that guy out of his misery or do I suck the poison out? But so there no, are not. those random events, too, which I absolutely love. But I like that the game just lets you play. A hundred percent. And that I think is what took me so long in this game to get through it is I've got this yellow blip on my map that's a quarter of the map away from where I'm at. And I'm like, I'm not going to ride the stagecoach there. I'm not going to take the train. I'm going to ride there and see what the world has to offer on the way. And a hundred percent of the time, there was something noteworthy or funny or fun or crazy to do. There's that guy that always wants you to take pictures of stuff with him. You know, he's like mm -hmm. this photographer, like, help me get a bear over here. And you're like, I got to try and get a bear <laughs> over here, I guess. Just, you know, and, and it's just there's always something like that going on in the game. And then, yeah, to, to Josh's point, like, you don't always know what the main quest line is. You have an idea sometimes like, oh, I haven't talked to Dutch in a while about this and Dutch has got something for me to do. It's probably something with that. So, of course, you know, my mind always is like, I'm going to avoid that for a little bit, keep going side questing until I'm ready to get to that <laughs> point. But there's always more and more stuff popping up. It's like playing whack-a-mole with just entertainment. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, the random encounters are awesome. You might see women hogtied on some guy's back of the horse, and she's screaming for help. And it's like, am I going to turn around and, like, shoot this guy and then try to take her back home but, or am I going to let them go because I'm on a mission? Like, what am I going to do? But then one time she was evil, right? Yes, she was a criminal. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Oh right, no, what have I know. done? <laughs> like, you don't always know. Like when there's like, there, there's a, you come across two guys randomly having a fist fight in the middle of the forest. And the guy's like, help me. And I'm like, I don't know which <laughs> don't one know of you guys on. I'm supposed to shoot. Yeah. But if you wait too long, and the good guy gets killed, it hurts your, uh, what's that, that meter? Your honor. That, yeah, the honor meter. And you're like, yeah. I know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, this episode's obviously going very long as we knew it would. Nah. This is the point now where we're going to dive into some of the spoilers regarding the story. So if you want to avoid all the spoilers, go ahead and jump ahead to the one hour, 32 minute mark. Or if you are a Patreon supporter with ad free episodes, the one hour, 31 minute mark. Uh, I, I think for me, the number one thing I wanted to talk about is the revelation that Arthur has tuberculosis. All right. You see Arthur degrade in health over the course of this game. It's so and sad. His 
It, it is it, it is for me the saddest thing I have ever experienced in a game because this is not a big bad that you're going to be able to kill in order to stay alive. Arthur, it's a death sentence. And I remember the first time I played the game, it's kind of confusing because Arthur starts coughing a lot and you don't really know why. And his eyes start to get like oh. red and yellow. And I remember at yeah. one point I thought, man, they did a really bad job with Arthur's eyes in this scene. But then all of a sudden you hit a point where Arthur actually passes out from all the coughing and he officially gets diagnosed with tuberculosis. And I find his impending death to be absolutely heart-wrenching. Well, and one of the things, too, is that when, you know, in the Old West, in the old days, tuberculosis was actually called consumption. And it's because it 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 consumed you. It was a very, very awful way to go. Horrible. And so when you think about it, like learning that Arthur has this, and like you said, Paul, like there's no big bad you can fight with this. Like this guy who is an honorable, dapper character that I've been doing my best to stay honorable and get his honor up and do these things and go through the story. Like he's going, he has an impending, he has a, a a timeline. He's he's got an expiration date, and it's very sad because it's it's not going to be pleasant. You know, no the the progression that they managed to show with Arthur's decline is unbelievable honestly like the the hints that you get well beforehand like the second time through and i know like we we know now we know the point where he gets infected with tuberculosis right you know because a, a dude coughs blood yes straight onto his face fairly early in the game but, but it's just <laughs> yeah. something you don't even think about like it's this like yeah nuance right like you just oh you know he's beating this guy up and the guy spits on him and it's like that's what happens if you're beating somebody up but then it's like later on you you see this decline and then he gets the diagnosis and the crazy part is the game the tone of the game takes such a turn at that moment but i don't think it's the game itself it's your emotion that takes the yeah. turn oh yeah like that's a crazy part like they're it, they they do such a masterful job of deal, like playing with your emotions and getting you to feel things that like you think it's the game itself, but it's not. And you're just like, dude, you feel so bad for Arthur. And then it's like, I don't, I don't want you to go, Arthur. Like, <laughs> don't, don't leave me, man. You know? And then you see he starts getting so like he gets ashen and he looks terrible. And you're just like, I don't want this. <laughs> like, oh, it's, yeah. It's so incredibly sad. And. That idiot Micah oh, runs around oh. calling Arthur black lung. I yep. every time I wanted to pull a Will Smith and be oh. like, keep <laughs> Arthur's name out your freaking mouth. It's like, shut up, Micah. Oh, <laughs> You're right, not man. gonna talk about Arthur this way. You know, oh man, he calls him black lung the entire second half of the game, and it's just like, oh man, you just want you want to punch Micah so bad the whole game. Oh. I don't know that there's a character that's more loathsome than Micah. Honestly, mm-hmm. like I mean, I know that there's a lot of bad guys out there, but from the beginning of this game, the way that Micah acts, and, and even early on when you have to go to Strawberry and like break him out of jail in Strawberry, and then oh, you're, yeah. you're doing him and such a, a huge favor, right? Like you're you're putting yourself in danger for this guy, and then he just goes psycho. 
And it's like, I want to grab Micah and throw him off a cliff, but you can't because that's game over at that point, you know? But it's just like, (laughs) that's what you want to do. I hate that guy. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if I've ever wanted to kill a video game character that bad. And then that early. And then he sticks around for like the whole game. And you're like, I just want to kill this guy. Well, not only that, he wins the showdown against Arthur. Arthur dies. and, And Micah gets away with it. And when you see that happen, it is like uh, Arthur has such peace. And as long as you play an honorable Arthur, Micah does not actually kill him, but Micah runs away. And Arthur just like very calmly, it's almost like he finally found that serenity where he's just watching his last sunrise. He knows that he's going to die and it's in his last moments, but he has that kind of peace because he has achieved his redemption. He has turned his life around. He kind of makes it his only goal to get uh, John, Jack, and Abigail out of the life because he just sees that Dutch is a madman, and he kind of realizes that the blind faith has really been misguided at the end because Dutch is insane, Bill and Javier are insane, and he just wants to get John out of the life. And he feels like if he can do that one thing, it's like that one redeeming moment. So he does get to do it, but Micah outlives him. And then Arthur has sacrificed everything to get John out of the life. But when you play as John for the epilogue of the game, and when Sadie comes and tells you, hey, we know where Micah is. Oh, he's he's popped his oh, head that up. guy's going down. And it's like, I don't even care that Arthur died to get John out of this life. We're killing this guy. You yep. know, get the posse. You know, get Sadie. Get Charles. We're going to go get Micah. And it's so satisfying. Yeah, it, this I, this game really pulls on the heartstrings, and it seems weird for you know a video game that's about you know cowboys in the in the wild west and stuff like that. But it it plays into the fact that you like Arthur Morgan so much, and I'll be honest, I can't think of too many video games that kill off the main character who's so stinking likable, you know. Yeah. And and I think that's what sets it apart. To be honest, is it's just like that you become so attached to this guy from from start to finish and literally there's a finish and it sucks but it makes the game it, it makes the memory of the game and that that bond that you have with the character i mean they it, it really enhances that completely like would i trade it to keep him alive like yes i would but does it work like absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think that's a big testament to how well the writing is in this game and the storytelling is that there's really no clear black and white in this game in so many ways. Yes, we know that Micah is awful, and we know that overall most people are going to say that Arthur is good overall, but even Dutch, in his downward spiral, you know, for the first two-thirds of the game, I'm like, come on, Dutch, man, snap out of this, like... There's got to be some redemption for this guy. And then you've got Hosea, who is just an incredible guy. I love Hosea. But he's Dutch Vanderlyn's best friend. And you're like, how are you the best friend of this madman? And, and again, since we're in spoiler territory, obviously, you know, Hosea maybe doesn't get to see what Dutch becomes. But it's still like it's the characters really drive this story home so well. And and again, like like you guys were saying, with when when Arthur finally you know meets his demise, it's like you're playing a video game. The main character is dead. You're gonna play a different character for the last several hours in the epilogue. But like, it's beautiful and it's tragic. But what a great story! Yeah, completely agree. The final words spoken in the campaign are very ironic, and it's very bittersweet 
because the game itself is rather somber and it's got a lot of main characters dying. I mean, half yeah, the crew, if not more, of, yeah. are dead. Almost all, yeah. Yeah, when, when Hosea and Lenny get gunned down uh, during the bank heist, it's just, it's so tragic. But John, after he builds this house with Uncle, Abigail and Jack are now, you know, here living with them. They have, like, their new family. And John turns to Abigail and says, it's over, Abigail. It's all over. And then the game ends. But, of course, we know what happens in Red Dead Redemption 1. It's not over at all. This is literally the beginning of John's demise, where his son tragically turns to revenge to kill the man who killed John. And so we see this cycle. We see that Arthur lived the life of a criminal, and he died for it. But he got John out of the life. Well, he didn't really. John gets sucked back in, and he dies. And his son gets sucked into the life of a criminal. And so it's really it's really well written where Red Dead 1 and Red Dead 2 follow a very similar structure. And it's almost like that cyclical life of these criminals who are now raising new criminals. And they just don't know how to live any other life. They're just sucked back into it. And it's incredibly tragic. Even though Arthur turns good, he still has to pay the consequences for when he beat up the dude that owed them money because they were taking advantage of him like a lone shark. And Arthur says in one of the cutscenes, you know, I'm dying and I'm afraid. And it's all because I beat a man to death for a couple bucks. You know, so it's like Arthur still has to pay the price for what he's done. You know, he he's just turned too late. And it's just so tragic because you can imagine if Arthur had a couple more years, the kind of man that he would have been. But, you know, we don't get to see it. Any other thoughts on the story? Anything else you guys would want to share spoiler-wise before now moving on? Now sad. <laughs> yeah, it right? is sad, but it's so interesting. It it's really so well-written. But it is I think, sad. I think at the end, too, uh, another sad part about it is this, this veil over the whole entire theme of Red Dead 1 and 2 is... This is the end of the Wild West. Yeah. So at the same point, while you're playing these characters, this lifestyle is coming to an end. And so, like Paul just said, it's very cyclical with what happens with these these guys. But then, like like part of the game that actually kind of turned me off was when we went to San Denis, and I'm like, I'm not in the Old West anymore. Yeah. I'm in like uh, you know old New Orleans, and it's like, but but that's the point of the game is this lifestyle is going to end, and it's 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 the end of an era. And it adds that more of that that just somber despair to the overall feeling of the game, which I think is so important to the overall tone and the characters. Yeah, you can't just glorify all the violence and have it end happy. It has to be realistic. And I think that they do such a good job with that. All right. Well, that's a lot of what we think about oh Red Dead. <laughs> Josh, a little bit. you've got a couple of community reviews to read for us. I do. We went to uh, Steam, always pull some uh, differing opinions, always find a couple you know, recommended and a couple not recommended, just to see what works and what doesn't work for different people. Try to give everybody that's listening as broad of a perspective as we can. Um, so I've got, uh, I've got four total reviews. Two of them are recommended. Two of them are not. The first one is recommended. This person has 94 hours on record. 
They say one of the best open world games, graphics, story, atmosphere, and soundtrack. Everything is just perfect. Arthur Morgan is by far the best protagonist in any of the games created by Rockstar. A must play game for any gamer. Agree with that 100%. Arthur Morgan is easily one of the top video game characters ever, ever made, in my opinion. I'd like to have a beer with him. Yeah. (laughs) Touche. Hmm. All right. So would Josh. And then, uh, (laughs) so this next one is not recommended. Three hours on record. To play this single player game, I had to install a Rockstar launcher, some Rockstar DRM, and the Rockstar Games Social Club, neither of which were optional, create a profile for the Social Club, submitting personal stuff, such as my email and birth date, complete two CAPTCHAs, picking the animal figure that's right side up, check my email to discover the validation mail didn't arrive, go back to the launcher and resend the mail, go back to my email, finally receive the validation mail, and click it, go back to the launcher and fill out a million incomprehensible privacy options about my feed and my wall and other things. I have no idea where to find these or what they do i paid 60 dollars for this game can i please just play it hey, josh can you repeat everything you just yeah. said I, I i tuned most of that out just a minute ago i will I just, say i don't know where we we're going with that. i will say that yes i bought this game on steam i'm sure you guys both did as well and yes it 100 percent forces you to install the rockstar launcher which we have all said we hate you know, in that regard. So yes, it, it, it does suck. There are a lot, a lot of the negative reviews for Red Dead Redemption 2 had to deal with the fact that there is absolutely no way around having to use Rockstar's launcher. I bought it through the Rockstar launcher. Oh, did you? I believe, you I believe it, <laughs> I believe it was not available on Steam in the very beginning when it hit the PC port. So I had already played on PS4, but when it came out on PC, I think it was exclusive at first. Yeah. So, yeah. But the Rockstar Launcher and the Rockstar Social Club really do suck. You have to do so many workarounds to play, like, GTA 4, because it still forces you to, like, log into the Social Club. But it's, like, this old, defunct thing, and uh, it's not easy. So I I understand those frustrations, but... Ultimately, that's not that hard to get through. Yeah. No, honestly, and and y'all have heard me do this before, but I, my my thoughts on this are very clear. I've been very vocal about it. I don't think you should slam a game because it's because of the accessibility to it. Play the game. Like, what's the game like? And I get it, but I don't know. I just bought it on PS4 anyways, so I didn't experience any of that stuff. (laughs) All right. So this next one is not recommended. This person has 10 hours on record. The amount of detail in this game is ridiculous, but the actual story and gameplay is kind of boring. I feel like watching a movie where I have to hold W the whole time. Most of the missions have the same template dialogue. Hey, don't worry. It's going to be totally safe. Nothing can go wrong. Something goes wrong. There's a shootout. You kill everyone and escape, rinse, and repeat. Well, yeah, you're you're a cowboy outlaw. Yeah. You, you commit <laughs> crimes and you kill people and then you rinse and repeat. It's kind of the life of an outlaw. Yep. All right, and then this last <laughs> review is recommended 112 hours on record. The absolute pinnacle of first-person, open-world, story-based gaming. Red Dead Redemption 2 is easily one of the best games ever created, full stop. The story is the greatest told in the medium. 
The gameplay is some of the best Rockstar has ever created. The world design and graphical fidelity is that which can only be created by large AAA studios. Red Dead Redemption 2 is the golden standard by which other games are compared. You cannot go wrong playing the, this timeless classic, this absolute titan of gaming. You think that guy likes the game? <laughs> uh, yeah, a and I, I'm I'm with him. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, I agree with a lot of that. Other than it's not a first person, it's, I was going to say third. that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, I, no, I well, you can there. play. You can play in first person. You actually have the option of changing the camera to a zoomed in. I mean, you know, you can zoom in closer to Arthur's back. You can zoom further away, and you can actually play it in first person. No, nobody there's like does four that. different views on it yeah. yeah and i always did like the not the farthest one away but the second farthest away because i wanted to see more but the farthest away was too hard to control arthur yep yeah all right guys so that's a couple positives a couple negatives it is time for us to make our guesses as to where we think red dead redemption 2 falls on the steam scale of zero to 100 percent uh, was it Michael that won last time, or was it Paul? No, no it was Paul. It was That's me. right. Yep. So Paul, yeah. I guess is a million. You're up first. A million. <laughs> Sorry. So, oh man, I feel like this is one of those games where it's gonna be rated lower than it should be because you're gonna get the Rockstar launcher hate. You're gonna get a lot of Rockstar backlash in general. I think this deserves high 90s, but I bet this one shook out somewhere around 92%. I'll say 92. 92 for Paul. I guessed, I mean, it's Red Dead Redemption 2, boys. I figured this game is beloved by just about everybody. I really wanted to win, so I went 95% because I figured it's going to be in that mid-90s range uh, overall. So I'm saying 95. Paul says 92. What do you say, Michael? This puts me right in the middle of the sandwich because there's no way I'm winning with this guess. But my initial immediate guess was 94. And so (laughs) it's it's right between you guys. Like What I should do is guess 91 or 96. I don't care. Go 94. 94. Oh, nice. I like it. That's a bold move. You, you should have you played the strategy, Michael, because you would have won Dang with it. one of those. Oh, I do it all oh, the time the, where I just get it right wrong. The actual is 87%. Oh, I guess 91. That's sad. I sad. don't think that this game deserves an 87%. Now, I I did say that there there's two... There's two main types of negative reviews for this game. It's one, Rockstar Launcher, and it's two, Not Enough Action. It's gotcha. it's a story-based game. The combat's not that fun. It's slower paced, blah, blah, blah. You know, and that's what that's the majority of the negative reviews were those two two complaints. Yeah, and you always get a little little bit of the backlash. So Red Dead released to such critical acclaim that expectations were impossibly high that no matter what, you were going to get a little bit of uh, backlash anyway. But I will say, I bet the ratings are higher on console because oh, this game is flawless on console. The PC port was a little more dicey, but I feel like between this game and God of War, we got perfectly made games on PS4 when those released that the bar was set so high, no one's been able to meet it since. We've gotten a lot of games that are good, but none of them are as polished as what we got with God of War and Red Dead. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, Paul, you won. So I won it. You won. I thought I, thought I was going to lose for sure. 
No, Man, all right. I, Let's, I mean, you, you can thank that. Michael for having really bad strategy. <laughs> yeah, just I'm, I'm not. I don't even. That's why I don't play poker. I guess I'm like, hey guys, is is four hearts good? <laughs> I would like in part to thank Michael for this uh, victory. I, I really couldn't do it without you. <laughs> I love you too. All right, let, let's hit that music. Hey there, Ms. Adler. If you were a vegetable, you would be a cutecumber. <laughs> I don't know, oh, Paul. <laughs> I think it's gold. That hurts. It, oh. My sides hurt. I'm laughing too hard. I, I stand by it, Not guys. all of them it's, can be winners, Paul. <laughs> I, I stand by it 110%. All right, so if you are new to the show, this segment is called Make Love, Marry, or Murder, and this is where all three of us give the deep dive game our individual rating. Is this a game that you want to marry because it's marriage material, you want to stick with it long term and commit? Is it a game that is worthwhile to pick up and play for a little bit, but then ultimately leave it? Or is it murder material and stay away? I, prob- I should probably go first. I have made it very clear. This is my second favorite game of all time, only behind Mass Effect. It's absolutely marriage material. Hundreds of hours. It's fully polished. What an incredible game. Arthur, favorite protagonist. I love open world games. This is the best open world game, in my opinion. It might not be the biggest map, but man, does it have like the most to offer for my money. And uh, I'm going to say Mary all the way. I, it's an easy marry for me. I do think that there are some flaws in Red Dead Redemption 2. I mean, any game has flaws to it. I, you know, it, it's one of those, I don't pretend like it is a perfect video game, but I think that this is one of those games that absolutely needs to be played by every gamer out there. Honestly, like if, if, if a guy said, Hey, listen, I'm dying in, in the next, three months and I have time to play two video games and I've never played any video games in my life. Which two should I play? It's going to be God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2. Like, honestly, like at that point, it's like, you know, it's hard to find fault in the game. I I would say a good nominee for that case is Battlefield 2042, oh. because then you're going to wish for the <laughs> sweet release of death. Then you're like, just let me go. I'm ready. <laughs> just right. let me go. Yes. <laughs> oh, so, so depending, man. you know, maybe, <laughs> right. maybe that's there, not the worst. There, that's true. That's, there is a good point there. But yeah, I mean, this is one of those games where if you, if you have not played it and you have heard everybody talk about it, you owe it to yourself to play this game. There's no other way to say it, 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 in my opinion. Like, do I think it's perfect? No, I don't. I like, uh, you know, but it's a game that everybody should absolutely play. So I don't like to use strong language at all. So I'm just going to come out with it real fast and say that I'm going to murder any thought that I have in my mind that this mo- <laughs> that this game shouldn't be married because this is marriage material. It's when when Josh said it's 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 not a perfect game. I don't know, man. It's the closest game to perfect I ever saw. It's amazing. Yeah, it, it kind of depends on exactly what you're looking for. I would say it definitely has its flaws, but Red Dead Two might be the most ambitious game ever made. Like I, the level of polish and detail and the size of the world and everything that they put into this, the amount of voice acting and uh, motion capture and everything else. This game is incredibly ambitious that some of the flaws, like really bad horse controls. I'm not going to lie. The horse yeah. controls are pretty bad. They were rough. I find that to be fully forgivable because it just does so much right. 
Uh, I would be very hard pressed to find a better story, a better protagonist. I can maybe find a game that's a little bit better action, but it's going to be a game that offers a lot less in the other areas. But it is a darn good game. All right. Is it time for the leaderboard? It's time for the leaderboard. Nope. All right. Let's go to the leaderboard, see where this game stacks up. Well, I do have one more comment, actually. It's funny. The part that I was chuckling about earlier before spoiler territory, now I can say it because we went through spoiler territory. Paul, earlier you asked, you were like, hey, any thoughts on, you know, Arthur from the beginning of the game to the end of the game, things that changed? I'm like, yeah, in the beginning of the game, he was alive. Oh, that's the, that's the part I couldn't say because I was <laughs> laughing so hard in my head. I'm like, oh, too man, no. soon. Sorry. Oh, poor yeah, Arthur. I'm still getting poor over Arthur. his death. <laughs> all right leaderboard here we go sorry did, about that uh, by the way did you know his tombstone changes depending on your honor level it has different text no, on his tombstone really? yeah yeah so this game actually does give you a couple of options where you can make choices in the world but yeah if, if you are honorable arthur's tombstone will read blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness uh, which of course is from the bible and if you are dishonorable they use a different verse blessed are those who mourn for they will be comforted so even little details like wow. that. And then also, if you die honorably, the grave is really well kept and there's flowers placed there. And if you are wow. dishonorable, it's clear that like Just no one's come to visit. Over. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> it's wow. a little bit of disrepair. All right. So for the leaderboard, Michael, why don't you tell the people about what our leaderboard actually is? So the leaderboard is a long list of all the games that we've played and done a deep dive on on this very podcast that you're listening to right now. Currently, there are scroll, 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 68 games on this leaderboard. And essentially what we do now is we pick where we think this game ranks versus other games that we've done. What do you think, guys? Is that pretty good? Did I, did you I, did, was I eloquent? I think it sounds buddy. great. Yeah. Thank you. So we currently have in our top five, God of War, Overwatch, Rust, Apex Legends, and Rocket League. We've got some others down the list like... This game's going to be a top five. (laughs) It's top five. Yeah. I think so. (laughs) And side note, if you guys do want to look at the leaderboard while you're listening right now, you can go to MultiplayerPodcast.com and kind of look at this list as we go through it right now. Yeah, absolutely. It's right on the front page. You just have to scroll down a little bit. Uh, not only is it top five, I will quit this podcast right now if it's not top two, Ooh. because it would be preposterous <laughs> to rate God of War one and then somehow put this below like Apex Legends. Right. I, I, I knew, would find that. I, I agree with you. I'm 100% on this. Now, the question is, are we going to put it one or are we going to put it two? Because I think we know where Josh and I stand. Josh would stand behind god of war the only argument that i will make for god of war is that it does everything right it focuses on the story but it also focuses on the gameplay and action part where i feel like red dead is miles above in the story i am not doubting that i'm not saying that it's not better than god of war in the story department but god of war to me is a more all-around fun video game to play that also has amazing like we talk about you don't get amazing characters and gameplay and story and with god of war i feel like you do (laughs) you just get it in a 20 hour package whereas with red dead you get 
absolutely top tier story, absolutely top tier characters, but gameplay is kind of down here a little bit. So it's like, even though it's better in two, it's worse in one, in my opinion. So that's the only caveat that I'll make as far as like putting it just under God of War is I feel like God of War is a more complete game that hits all the points versus hitting two points really, really well and then kind of <laughs> missing on the other point. What I actually heard there was Josh saying, listen, guys, I look a lot more like Kratos than I, I look do. like Arthur Morgan. <laughs> and so I like God of War better. <laughs> I mean, do we want to look like Arthur Morgan? <laughs> I don't know. Right? He's, he's, he's well, beginning of the game or end of the game? I don't know. Uh, depends on what like part Kratos. of the game you're, you're looking at. <laughs> right. <maybe. laughs> so my ranking on this is going to be kind of tough because I have really not spent any time in God of War. That being said, had I played God of War, it might change my opinion. But overall, since I tend to definitely lean towards longer open world games as my all-time favorites, I would assume that I would want to put this number one. I feel like you would like Red Dead better than God of War, Michael. I think so, too. And that being said, I think it's going to, between you guys figuring it out, but if there's a tiebreaker, I think it's going to end up number one. Well, I think it's going to be a tiebreaker, because I don't see Paul Paul putting, (laughs) putting, agreeing that God of War is better than Red Dead. So No, no. So so here's the thing. I love both games. They're both in my top ten. Josh has God of War in his top ten, but not Red Dead. Michael has Red Dead in his top ten, but not God of War. My thing is, as fun as God of War is... If someone were to tell me, like, did God of War make an impact on you as a person? I would say no. I would say it was very fun. I enjoyed it. God of War. I said, I started out the show saying, is this a perfect game? And we agreed, yes, it is. Um, but at the same time, I feel like you just kind of turn off God of War. And I don't really think about it a whole lot. Oh, I did not I seek out videos and little Easter eggs nearly as much as I did Red Dead. Red Dead just offers so much more material. It's so much more ambitious. It makes you think about life and people and morality and ethics. To me, that puts it into not just fun, but also important. I think it's a very important game. Um, But that being said, as long as these games are the top two, you don't have to... I I have... I, I mean... For me, yes, God of War is number one, but I have no issues with Red Dead being number one and God of War being number two. Like, just you know, it's that good of a game. I am not slandering Red Dead at all. Like, the game is absolutely incredible. If you have not played it, you are severely missing out on an absolutely incredible experience. I'm not upset if we put Red Dead at number one. We're splitting hairs. Right? They're both so good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They're just good in different ways, right? Uh, absolutely. And I do think, though, that Red Dead does things that are so innovative um, that it just, to me, stands out a little bit more than most games that I've ever played. Like simple things like the footprints in the snow and the fact that when you ride along the deer carcass and, you know, it gets, gets snow developing on it. And like what Paul said earlier with a fish dying in your hand because you didn't throw it back fast enough. This being <laughs> said, I guess one of us is now going to have to go as Arthur Morgan for Halloween. So yeah. <laughs> I I vote Michael. I'd we'll say just, Michael looks the most they'll, like they'll Arthur. be like, what are you guys? We'll be like number one and number two on the leaderboard. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Oh yes. They'll be like, yes, Wait, that means that if we want to put a third in, that means that Paul has to go as Reinhardt. Uh three well All three right. would, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. I'll I'll go as Reinhardt. Uh but you know what? This also gives us the chance to play God of War Ragnarok later, and maybe Ooh. that'll hop up to number Ooh. one. Who knows? 
So God of War could make a comeback. Don't you threaten me Big with a time. good time, Paul. Red, <laughs> no. Red Dead 3, I got bad news for you guys. We're going to be waiting a while. Yeah. <laughs> it's no. not going to be anytime soon. Well, we got uh, The Witcher to play eventually anyways, and there's, there's a lot of games, so I guess we'll go with it. Yeah. Wait it out. All right. You guys have any closing comments or thoughts after this epically long episode? It's almost as long as how long it takes to play Red Dead. Yeah. I just thanks to Nevo <laughs> again. Honestly, our legendary supporters are an amazing group of people. We, we say once legendary, always legendary. You always keep your Discord perks, uh, your legendary status and all that. But a uh, huge thanks to Nevo for supporting the show, picking an absolutely phenomenal game for us to play. Um, you know, so thank you, thank you for that. Um, and then, yeah, this this was a fun one, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you guys didn't know this or not, I I do like this game. Yeah, uh, that's my final thought. Is this game is pretty? It's pretty good. Also, if you guys want to keep the conversation going, follow us on all socials at Multiplayer Pod, and let's talk about what you thought of this game. Yeah, absolutely. Both on socials and on Discord. So check out that link in the episode description. We'll see you on Discord. And then we will be back with our Twig episode on Thursday. And until then, happy gaming, everyone. I've got a plan. (laughs) (laughs) See you, partners. (laughs) Cheers, all.